Thanks for hanging out. It is entertainment review as we go into the weekend. What movies do you want to catch? And is it worth seeing? We're going to talk about Buzz Lightyear, which I got the chance to see just yesterday. So Buzz is all fresh in my brain right now. That sounds like a disease. I wonder if they have a vaccine for that. We are going to be talking entertainment news, and we're going to have a message of hope in it all, which isn't always the case in entertainment. And we're doing, it's just the way it is. We're going to be doing it with the one and only Paul Acey from Plugged In Movies, Movies and More, actually. Paul, thanks for hanging out with me. Happy to be here. There's a lot going on in the world of entertainment, Paul. And so you and I are going to take on some news. So, as we do. Entertainment news. Thank you, big things happening. And there's some disturbing things happening in entertainment. It's this dystopian kind of weirdness. It's called Squid Game, and it's a fictional South Korean series in which contestants compete in schoolyard games, which sounds, you know, okay. But they're schoolyard games that will kill them if they lose, all for a few billion. It's bleak, it's dystopian, it's political. Netflix is taking this this on. Four hundred some players, billions of millions of dollars, and the biggest risk. Is it worth it? The original Squid Game, that was one of the most interesting parts of it, was just the idea that a lot of these characters that we meet in there, they're given a chance actually to go home. They end up coming back. They end up doing that because they just need the money that badly. It is a statement on, on, I think, just us as human beings. We sometimes prioritize money way more highly than perhaps we should. Yeah, the original Squid Game was quite something. It was one of the bloodiest shows I've seen, actually. What would I do for a billion dollars? And is it really worth it? If they were to hold real Squid Games, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So there you go. It's dystopian, but we're, it, it almost feels in our society that we're on the verge of things like this. Yeah. In other news, The Nation Speaks is an upcoming special series on COVID-19. It's called COVID-19 a Reckoning. And I wanted to play just a moment of the Nation Speaks trailer. We will think of this time as before COVID and after. I didn't understand the coming storm. The turning point is now. What future will we create? at the highest level of our institutions and in the media, the truth must come out. The world has not come to terms with the fact that we have no technology to stop this disease from spreading. You're basically saying you must sacrifice your child for society. COVID was the ultimate ongoing tragedy and people just became addicted to it. If we don't get it right, they will do it again and again. So if we look at this turning point, they say we're at a turning point. Our actions will determine the future. So the Nation Speaks upcoming special that you just saw the trailer to or heard the trailer to, A Reckoning, is said, Paul, to give a a comprehensive picture of what happened as we look back two years uh, at two years of these aggressive lockdowns, mask mandates, it's a two part series. It will start this weekend on June 11th 
And last week, it started last weekend on June 11th. It will continue through this weekend broadcasting on Epoch TV, uh, NTD television, and this weekend branching out to some other networks as well. So this weekend we'll have the second series as well as the first. So it is interesting because we all lived through it. And if we don't learn from history, it's doomed to repeat itself. Yeah, I think it could be a very interesting special. I think in some ways, most of us are burned down on the whole topic of COVID. We're just ready for it to be done. And it's interesting that they talk about before COVID and after COVID, because I think as we're learning into this this new period that we're in, I don't know if we're ever going to be actually after COVID. I think that it's going to be with us for a good long while, and we're just going to have to learn how to deal with it. But at the same time, it was a real cultural milestone for how we live, how we interact with each other, how we work, and even how we watch movies. It's been fascinating, actually, to just see how the movie industry has responded to COVID, how things have shifted because of the lockdowns, because of the inability for movies even to be made for a time. There have been a lot of ripple impacts, and I I will be curious to see what this, what this special says. Yeah, it's laying out some things that we really do need to think about as we move forward. And as we talk about entertainment, actually, I find it, I find it interesting that we use entertainment to distract us. We And we need that distraction. The world is a crazy and difficult place. But if we do not pay attention, are we get out of the movies and we realize the world, we walked into the theater, we got distracted, we walk out. And with not paying attention, the world is a worse place. Sometimes we actually just need a moment to wake up and pay attention. Yeah, and I think, I think that's what entertainment comes down to a lot of us. I think that when we deal with not only the entertainment world that I float on, but a lot of the other elements that we, we embrace in our free time, they can always be really healthy places to go to, to help us put the life that we're living in perspective. If you're just if you're just grinding at, at your work, if you're just worrying about what's going to happen, that doesn't leave you in a very healthy place. So sometimes you need that <clears throat> distraction. And yet, yeah. sometimes those distractions anesthetize us <laughs> for what we really need to be dealing with. And that's when it becomes a problem. Now, it's interesting, this movie, COVID-19, a reckoning, I think it's worth seeing for all of us. But people have been questioning some of the issues that have come out of COVID, some of the side effects that people have lived with, both of COVID and of the vaccine. And they're asking themselves that, and it's a big conversation in the entertainment world where Justin Bieber is concerned. Justin Bieber is asking for prayer, that he has a faith background. And he's been asking for prayer as he's been suffering from a facial paralysis following a Ramsey Hunt syndrome diagnosis. So that's another sign of the times you can be fascinated by the beauty and the music and the glim the glam and the sparkle of hollywood and music but we do live 
in a world where there are real problems. We live in a world that no matter how much money you have and you win the squid games, you have be- you have billions of dollars, it doesn't matter because it rains on the just and the unjust. The world can catch up with you. You're not going to live forever. Your health may fail you just because you have everything in the world. You may not have love or security or happiness or even hope. And that only comes in one place. And I wanted to take a moment to highlight beyond entertainment, your book, you've dealt with something that the nation is really dealing with. And entertainment, my friend, cannot distract you long enough from the hurt and the pain of depression, which is affecting even younger and younger people. Suicide rates are skyrocketing and disturbingly kids as young as seven years old finding themselves without hope. Paul A.C. wrote the book, Beauty in the Browns, Walking with Christ in the Darkness of Depression. And we see you as this happy, beautiful, upbeat, insightful person. Sometimes, as you point out in your book, that's the front that you put on to to get through as you're dealing inside with darkness and dark thought and depression. Yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of people who deal with depression often have, they can find coping mechanisms to help them get through the day. I'll be honest with you, Michelle, today has been a difficult day for me. It has been a difficult day. And I think that as we head into the problems that we're just dealing with in the world, I think that that we find sometimes that you have more and more difficult days you can hide those so often, but there's a point in time where you can't hide any longer. I think that one of the reasons I wrote the book is because so many people do go through their lives really silently suffering. I think that there's a lot of people who, and I don't think you necessarily even have to deal with depression for this to be the case for a lot of people. We all tend to go around, we smile when people ask us how we're doing. We say, fine, great. That's not always the truth. Sometimes we're lying through our teeth when we say that. And I think one of the reasons I wrote the book is to maybe help give people permission to be maybe a little more honest with other people Uh and to be a little more honest even with themselves. Do you know, I think there's a superpower in that. I really do. I think that face that we put on is a detriment to the people around us. See, your honesty helps me to... I may not be suffering from depression, but it helps me to live an honest life as well. When we hide, all of us hide behind that church face. How are you doing? Oh, hallelujah, I'm great, bless God, Jesus is good. We all hide hide behind that face, Paul. But when you're walking in honesty, actually, I suffer from depression and today's been a hard day. Uh, That's honest. And you give other people that strength to be honest as well to live honestly and not live behind the shadows or that facade this book is an extraordinary book and i'm going to try to say this without sounding like an awful person but you read this book and i have 
I laughed out loud many times. And in fact, one time I'm reading the book and I laughed out loud and someone said, what are you reading? And I said, oh, a book on depression. I look like a schmuck. Oh yeah, this friend of mine wrote this book on depression. And they're like, what? But I say that because really there's so much humor interwoven in this book. It is such a light and beautiful and uplifting book on depression. It's just a beautiful book and I highly recommend it for folks because entertainment alone isn't going to distract you from the reality of the world. But Beauty and the Browns, reading this book, dealing with finding a path through it can not only help you to overcome depression, but as I said, use it as a superpower to help the rest of the world. Yeah, thank you so much for those kind words. And I think I do want to add something. When the book is written, I guess for people like me, the people who have maybe struggled with depression mightily in in their day, but have but they can still manage on a day-to-day level. They can they have come through a very difficult spot in their life, but they're doing okay now and they're trying to think about how to get through it. Sometimes when you're in the teeth of depression, and I know that you probably have some listeners out there who are there, who are really suffering severe, severe, horrible depression where it's impossible to smile, where it's impossible to, to even reach out. One of the things about depression is it makes you curl up into a ball. It's almost like one of those little roly-poly pill bugs or something like that, where you shrink deeper and deeper inside yourself, and it makes it so much harder to reach out and to get the help that you need. I would just encourage people to, if they're in that spot, to reach out to friends, reach out to family, reach out to professional help. I, you're very kind with with your words about my book, but for some people, it's Hopefully it'll be a service, but there is much more that can be done. And the thing that I'd love to just remind people is that when you're talking about depression, it is really horrible, but it is treatable. If you go through some process, through, through medication, through counseling, through help, through all the things that you can do to bring yourself out of it, it can be very treatable. And it definitely needs to be treated because if it's left untreated, it can it can literally kill. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for the book and for sharing that. Sometimes it is something that people in the world of faith have found shameful. It's like, I don't love Jesus if I have depression. So I appreciate your bravery and taking that on and your honesty. One other news story I wanted to get to that actually leads into our movie reviews is this one where we have a prosecution that's a pros- prosecutors rather that are asking for more than 25 years in federal prison for R. Kelly on New York racketeering and a conviction in New York a racketeering. He's one of the biggest stars in Chicago that Chicago has ever had. And he was convicted by a federal jury in Brooklyn in September on racketeering conspiracy and eight other counts 
alleging that this singer used his organization to lure and trap girls, boys, and young women for his sexually predatorial desires. It's a horrible story, but it's not unlike many stories that we've tackled on on this program in entertainment. In entertainment news, find again the glitz and glamour, there is there can be a dark world. And I don't mean to use that to transition into Buzz Lightyear, but having seen Buzz Lightyear yesterday, gosh, I loved that movie. It was so much fun. But there are some issues in it that we are, it's indicative of our age, of how we are putting issues on children that really don't need to be there. So we're going to talk about that, but let's just get to Buzz and set the stage. We'll watch the trailer and you can tell me what you think. Let's look at Buzz Lightyear Beyond Infinity. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? There's something so aspirational about Buzz. We get to grapple with this question. Who is Buzz Lightyear? I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger. Buzz is the most upright citizen. He's the strongest, he's the fastest, he's the estest. He's the estest. His job is to push Woody's buttons. And so we look at who is Buzz Lightyear. I just wanted to set that stage. We'll look at the actual trailer in just a moment. But that's what they were asking that question. Who is Buzz Lightyear? Where does he come from? And that's where the creators have made this film Buzz Lightyear. And I had a blast in it. What did you think? Actually, your cohort and mine, Adam Holtz, reviewed it for us. So he really enjoyed it. But as I'm sure we'll talk about, there was one big issue that families just need to be aware of. It's rated PG, but there were some really fantastic messages in the middle of it as well. You have, and one of the messages that really resonates with me is the idea. And actually, this sort of gets back to what we were just talking about in terms of depression. Buzz has to learn that he can't do things all on his own. He needs help. He needs to rely on other people around him to pull himself out of a pickle that is really of his own making. He goes to this planet where there's a whole bunch of of really angry plants. Let's just say (laughs) he gets stuck there. He needs to find a way to get himself out because he really was the cause of why they're stuck there in the first place. And so it becomes a journey of self-discovery. One of the things I love about that is that it moves away from the John Wayne type of hero that we love in America, which is it. And that's really valuable too. the brave guy. Rugged individualist. Exactly. But in real life, oftentimes we need the help of other people. We need to rely on the people around us to get us through some very difficult situations. And this is Buzz's learning how to do that, which I really appreciated. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's uh, references and laugh out loud moments. It is just funny. It's engaging. The The animation is actually extraordinary. Very entertaining. The characters are darling. 
And there are some throwbacks to some of the iconic phrases and mannerisms of Buzz Lightyear. There is one issue, though, that a girl that I was with last night leaned over to me and said, parents are going to have a hard time trying to figure out that one. So there is a character, wonderful character in it, who marries a woman. She's a woman that marries another woman. And... They make that a, a an important part of the of, not an important part of the film, but it's a highlighted part of the part movie. Of the story for sure. And then they show her years later, and she's pregnant. That's where she said that's going to be a real interesting one explaining that biology. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because we have messed with biology. We have Supreme Court justices that say, I'm not a biologist. I can't define what a woman is. We have people who you ask that question, it's whatever you feel a woman is. Well, then how can you identify as a woman if you don't even have the ability to define find what a woman is we have women who are displaced in sports because someone feels that they're more of a woman than the women who are women and it's a confusing time now that confusing time I'm fine with us debating it out I'm fine with us talking about it I'm fine with us asking questions my question is why do we have to put that on children and why does it have to be an a highlighted part of a children of a film that really is for children. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fascinating question. And I think that's what the issue is for a lot of parents. I think that there's a lot of Christian parents out there who were not ready to address this issue. I'm sorry. Can I just intervene there and just say, I'm sorry, parents, you better get ready because that's the world that we live in. So you might want to get a little studied up. You might want to get your worldview set in stone because people who have different leanings or sexual preferences, they have rights and they should have rights in this country. What they do in their bedroom is between them and their partner and them and God. I'm not expecting somebody because of my Christian faith Paul, to live on this side of the cross, to have to live like I do. Many of the people in church are divorced. That's abhorrent to God. To say you're this and you're that, God doesn't love you, that's not the case. What the case is, though, is putting that mindset and saying you have to accept it. You have to feel like I do. And we have to drag your kids to pride. That's the problem, that that we aren't respecting each other's rights. We're saying that my rights are more important than your rights. And we see it in this bleed over into children's programming and into programming children. It's a really tricky issue. I, and I think back to my own child. I grew up watching all those PBS shows, Sesame Street. And I remember very distinctly watching one segment on Sesame Street that was that really talked about the idea of littering, just throwing stuff out. You see these, you had this little girl <coughs> going, following this trash that was filling up this river. That made a huge impact on me as a four-year-old, as a five-year-old. And to this day, it's, I really just can't stand the look of just trash in the streets. And I think it's partially because Sesame Street did a good job of educating me at that age to really dislike 
litter. You see that, and that's why these issues are coming more and more into kids' movies, I think, is because there's an effort to, quote-unquote, educate us to move these issues into the realm of normalcy. Now, as you say, there can be a huge debate as to whether those should be normalized or not. But I think the parents, the Christian parents who are trying to raise their kids a certain way, those messages need to be grappled with. And you have to, as moms and dads, figure out how you're going to deal with those issues with your own kids. How are you going to talk through issues like that in light year if you decide to go? How are you going to address the issues that we're going to see in more and more of these movies and television shows? It's a huge issue. And I think that my own perspective is that when it comes to big moral ethical issues, it should always be in the realm of family. Moms and dads should be able to tell their sons and daughters what they are wanting, the kind of kids that they're raising them to be. So when you have that sort of removed out of the home and onto the movie screen, I think that there's there are issues with that. Yeah, I have a big issue with that because what they're saying is that it's not okay to think like you think, to have those traditional values because there's room in traditional values for saying, look, I disagree with you, but I love you. I, we don't think the same or feel the same, but you can be my friend. You, We can hang out together and share space together. We have got come to a place where if you don't think a certain way, you have to be shouted down. You have to be canceled. You decommissioned it. And that's where the danger is that there is no longer room for debate. Uh, now, having said that, that it is a big issue yeah. yet. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just, I am pretty convinced that this issue, it may be the biggest one that the church is facing today because you're dealing with issues of truth and grace. We know what the Bible says. There you go. We know what we have been taught as Christians, but we also know that we need to reach out in grace and mercy and love and care for people genuinely. To meld those things is a very difficult path to walk, but I think as Christians, we have to learn to walk it because it's so critical, it's so important. So do you think for some families that is a buzzkill for <laughs> Buzz Lightyear? I think it is. I think it is. I do think that they, a lot of families will not be going to infinity or to Buzz A lot of families are just boycotting Disney altogether, and that's for good reason. Just We just want to go to the Magic Kingdom, and we don't need a woke kingdom, some families are feeling. But I will say... Aside from that issue, Buzz Lightyear is an absolute win. It's it's a lot like the charm that we all experienced in Toy Story. I wonder if Hollywood does start to learn that we have Top Gun, which isn't woke and it isn't going broke either it's really making money we have jurassic world domination which has some silliness as we talked about that at the end the lionel lay down by the lamp yeah that's not going to happen but we're not being preached to in this movie and people like it buzz light keeping it light 
people like that part. We just don't want to pay to go to movies or go to soccer games or basketball games and then have to be preached a woke sermon of this new world order when we do. Sometimes, as we talked about, we just want entertainment to be entertainment and a little bit distracting. Let's go ahead and look at the actual trailer of Buzz Lightyear. A year of work for a four-minute flight. Isn't that something? <laughs> We're all ready if you are, so let's go find out if this... <laughs> yeah, we got a breach in the perimeter. <laughs> Thank you. Buzz Lightyear Mission Log. After a full year of being marooned on this planet... First test flight is a go. Let's get everyone home. Good luck, Captain. We're all counting on you. Roger that. <laughs> There's a Socks, your personal companion robot. My favorite part was socks. I love socks. And there you go. Let's hope people don't regret having joined Buzz. You get the origin. You find out who Zerg is. Whoa, that was a big surprise. And other than Disney committed to their religion of wokeness having to make its way in, I loved Buzz Lightyear. Paul, in our final seconds together, is there anything else that's out there that's worth a see? So if you are not wanting to see Buzz Lightyear and go take the family to Lightyear, you might want to check out Netflix, Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness. We This was a little bit of a surprise for us. We just happened to watch it. It was released last week, actually. What's it called? About this, uh, yeah, it's Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness. The guy is very aptly named because the star is part chicken, part rabbit. Now the chicken part is on the bottom. He feels like the chicken part is holding him back from what he really wants to do, which is to become an adventurer like his father. <laughs> so he hides that part of him and has to, it doesn't turn out well. We'll just okay. say it just doesn't. So he has to go on and it's this voyage of discovery where he learns how to deal with that chicken part of him and become a real hero, a real adventurer like he's always wanted to be. But it's a struggle. It is a struggle to do. We were really surprised by this movie. It was, it was fun. It was funny. It had some really nice messages that I thought that were really cool. But it does have some bathroom humor and a little bit of violence that you're going to have to be aware of. But it was a little bit of a surprise for us. We, we really enjoyed it. Chicken hair and his hamster buddy. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I think I get it. I don't know. You saw a moment of the trailer. It looks cute, and I had not heard of it. Who puts this out? 
You know what? It's on Netflix. So watch for it on Netflix. It's actually been number one in the kids section for a good long while. Uh, and just, Michelle, just to let you know, there's actually a couple of good movies for adults. PG-13 movies for adults. Phantom of the Opera, if they see that around, it has some pretty nice messages. It's very, you have to deal with language, of course, but it's a sweet movie all the same. Okay. And then if you have Paramount+, Plus. Jerry and Marge Go Large, starring Brian Cranston and Annette Benning. It's <clears> about <throat> these two older people who find a flaw in a lottery, a state lottery, and they use the money that they win because of that flaw to better their community and come closer together. Now that sounds Both like fun. We have some issues, but for adults, they might be like nice date night. <laughs> All right. Going forward tonight, I'm going to be seeing Elvis. And so I'll be, we'll be talking about that next week. There's a movie, Brian and Charlie, which is about a lonely guy that creates a robot with a washing machine body and the other things that we can be looking at in the future always news but always the god story i'm like to encourage you to like this share this and please subscribe because in doing so you help spread the god story paul thanks for hanging out this has been a lot of fun we don't always get to hang out but when we do I relish it. God bless you, my friend. Me too. Me too, Michelle. Thanks so much. And thank you for watching, listening, and being part of My Michelle Live. More entertainment at MyMichelleLive.com.